Hey, my name's Helen and you're listening to the Love Mondays Club podcast. If you're a fellow tutor, trainer or coach, then welcome. You're in the right place. Whether you're looking to start, grow or expand your online services, this podcast is for you. My goal is to help you build your business, earn more money and have more fun in this messy muddle we call entrepreneurship. Every Monday, I'm going to be sharing practical tips to help you accelerate your business. From marketing to mindset to money, we'll cover it all. So if you're ready, let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. So I have yet another treat for you guys and I have an amazing guest here today. So Danielle Carrigan is a lady I have invited to come on the podcast and talk all about her journey from being a teacher to starting her own new business. And we're going to be talking all things virtual assistants and LinkedIn. So would you like to just tell us a little bit about yourself? So what was your sort of background with teaching and what are you doing now? So I've basically been teaching for 16 years. This is my 16th academic year. Yeah, it kind of got to the point where people were kind of saying, oh, so you're going to go and do your MPQH to become a head or are you going to go and become a deputy? And I never wanted any of that. I just wanted to be a teacher. You know, all the admin kind of took over. I thought, oh, what do I want to do with my life? I don't know, maybe slight midlife crisis, who knows? Um, One of my friends, her sister is a VA, so a virtual assistant. And she said, go and speak to my sister, see what she does. I think you'd love it. So I basically just went to her little kind of office in her garden. And she said, just watch me work for half an hour. This is what I do. And I watched her and I thought, oh my gosh, I can do that. I love organisation, talking to different people. I was like, yeah, that is a bit of me. So that's kind of how it happened. I joined like a VA mastery course, which taught me basically how to start up a business because I had no experience of that whatsoever, which, yeah, my brain was aching most nights from teaching a class in the day and then learning how to run a business at night, which was just alien to me. So yeah, I mean, I'm still teaching. So I teach three days a week. I VA two days a week, soon to be flipped around to soon to be VA three days a week, teaching two days. But yeah, slowly, slowly. Well, I say slowly, slowly, actually, it's only been seven months. So actually quite fast. It's it's getting there. So that's me in a nutshell, really, at the moment. Amazing. That's great. So, and like you say, it sounds like with your job now, you have like a big variety of clients. Am I right in thinking with the like different people you work with? Yeah. So I kind of started off and my life is kind of on LinkedIn at the moment. And I was reading things. Oh, you've got to niche. You've got to hyper niche. You've got to do this. And I'm thinking, oh, but I can only teach. What What do I hyper niche? I've, you know, I've never done this before. So I kind of went out there against everybody else and almost said, no, I'm not niching. I'm going to do, I'm going to go with what I, you know, the leads I get and I'm going to discover what I like and then I may niche. And you know what? It's kind of worked because I do have a variety of clients. So for one, I do property management, which again, I have no experience of, but we got on. He said, look, I'll show you what to do. Will you work with me? It's like, yeah, sure. So I enjoy that. That's something completely different. For another client, I do research. Another one, I do like inbox cleanses on their emails. And then for three of them, so this is slowly becoming my niche, I suppose. So I manage their direct messages. So I manage their DMs on LinkedIn and I record any leads on their CRM system. I give them a nudge and say, oh, so-and-so, you know, you've not replied to them for three days. And I love that. I just think that's amazing. I'm I'm so nosy as well. So it's great. (laughs) Obviously, it's all confidential. (laughs) (laughs) 
Amazing. And you know what? We're going to, I definitely want to come back to that later in the conversation where you said about like the confidentiality thing. And I speak like from my own experience here, like I um, have a VA, but I know that I also need some more support coming in. And it is a big thing, like bringing somebody in your business because your VA is, you know, you're giving out passwords, you're, you know, there's a lot going on, isn't there? But let's hold that because there was definitely something I wanted to talk to you about niching. So I remember one of the reasons I really wanted you to come on the podcast is because I think we met when you, or we virtually met on LinkedIn, you you know, when you were just starting. And like you say, it is crazy how much your business has like boomed over the past seven months. So, you know, huge kudos to you. You've obviously worked so hard at it. But interestingly, you started off doing VA sort of services for tutors, didn't you? Wasn't that your original idea? Yes, that was the original plan. So I thought, right, let's keep with the teaching theme. It's what I know. It's what I live and breathe. I write newsletters. I teach. I, I thought that would be really appealing to kind of like tutoring companies. So I reached out to a few purely market research, really, to find out what needs they'd have, how it would look, what I could offer. And I just found that teachers are so, well, you'll know as well as me, teachers are so used to doing everything themselves that there was just almost no need for it. Tutors didn't want a VA because in their mind, it was like, well, I do this and then I book them in at this time and then I follow up with this. And they just couldn't almost get their head around letting some of it go. And why would I pay someone to do that when I can do it all? But, you know, newsflash, you shouldn't be working silly amount of hours per day. And unfortunately, you know, that does come with being a teacher. And I get it because I'm so, I was so institutionalised, I suppose, as well, that I thought this is going to be hard to try and crack that mindset. So I kind of just veered away from it, to be honest. I thought it was a bit of a non-starter, whether it was just the people I spoke to, you know, who knows, but I just thought, oh gosh, I'm not going to change anybody's mindset. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that, that is the thing, isn't it? You are, you're starting on a bit of an upward battle because like you say, you have to kind of do the education piece around it before you kind of then, then sort of onboard people in. But I know, I think I really, I really hear what you're saying there. And I think for lots of teachers, like it's when you start to bring in that outside support, like your business really is starting to go up to the next level, isn't it? And like you say, like to go up to that next level, you have to let go of things. And that we definitely have this hangover of kind of trying to do everything ourselves. And I do think there's also a bit of an element of, you know, well, no one can do it as well as I can. So no one's going to understand my processes here. So I have to do it all by myself. And it's hard. I think literally every single person who runs their own business grapples with this for a long time. And finding the right person is yeah, yeah, so difficult. Right. And I think To be honest, when people, and I've said this on LinkedIn time and time again, I think when people decide they want a VA, some are under the kind of impression that, oh, within the first week, my life is going to be amazing and everything's going to be sorted. Yes, okay, some VAs market themselves as, you know, I can do this and I can do that. It's true. It's not a lie. But actually, I feel what they should be being kind of honest about as well is it does take time. You've got to get it right you've got to go through that onboarding stage and I think for the first maybe the first month it can feel a little bit strange because you almost or the client feels like they're almost paying someone to learn but in the long run it will absolutely benefit them but you know that's not always the case like for instance with me veering off down this LinkedIn DM route I can just jump on the DMs and go, right, how do you work it? Do you star messages? Do you want them left unread? Shall I put your leads here? And they're like, 
oh, yes, yes, whatever you want, just do it, you know? So I suppose that is the beauty of niching down eventually. But, you know, some people just go with someone that they get on with, they trust, they've seen recommendations and are happy for that to happen. But yeah, the letting go can be uh, can be hard. And I suppose we just have to make people feel as comfortable and as at ease as possible, really. A hundred percent. And and like you say, that, that that is definitely so true, that initial, like, and this is not just with VAs, this is like onboarding anybody in your business. Like it's, it does take time to kind of get used to the way each other works and the systems and things. And yeah, like we say, I think there's also, there is that feeling of like, oh, you know, well, I, it's going to take me half an hour to train people, but actually, you know, I could just do it myself in like two minutes. So, you know, what should I do? I think this is a really interesting question then. So if, if somebody is thinking about bringing in a VA, what, like, what can they have in place to kind of almost speed up that initial process, you know, like getting somebody in and understanding the business? What have you found has worked really well? I think it depends as well what support they're after. So, if it's if it's email management, for instance, I will send either a form out or I'll have a face to face, whatever the client prefers. If they prefer to talk and me scribble notes, I will go with that because ultimately I want it to be easier for them. And I get them to kind of say things to me like give me family members and friends that would email you. So I don't then go, oh, that's spam delete, you know, type thing. Give me the names of your clients. If anybody emails you with these certain job titles, what do you want me to do with them? It's me trying to get as much information as possible about that inbox. What newsletters do you read and are you kind of interested in? Can I get rid of the rest? Amazon order receipts, do you want them? And usually, you know, they're like, no, no, of course I don't. And you think, well, yeah, you have got kind of 1,500 of them in your inbox, so I will delete them. No, <laughs> um, so as for kind of email management, we would kind of lead all that and ask the questions. LinkedIn DM, CRM. So it doesn't really matter whether, you know, people have got a CRM system set up because some people are still at the stage of just using a spreadsheet. And that's fine. And when they're at the point of using a system to log leads and things then we'll just do that together. So to be honest, there's not a lot of prep other than knowing what you need help with. So I usually say, have a think about your last week. What were the three things that took up the most of your time within that week? Could you outsource any of those three things? You know, do you need to do them? Are they the tasks that you love doing or are they the tasks that you have to do? If they're the ones that you have to do, outsource them, get rid, you know? So yeah, I think that's the thing. And I, one one thing I definitely found really useful when I onboarded my VA was, so I use Trello to sort of help me with like, well, I basically plan my entire life on Trello, like everything goes on there. But that was that was great. And to be honest, I'm actually in the process of doing that now with thinking about, you know, bringing in new people to the business is making these big lists of like, what do I love doing? Like, what do I do that I actually probably don't need to do or doesn't actually have too much impact on my business? And then the most important one for like what we're talking about today is that delegate list. You know, what are like those little tasks that the control freak in me feels like I can just do this myself. You know, I don't need anybody's sort of help with this, but actually like it's taking up, taking up my time. And like, that is the most valuable currency, isn't it? Like you can always make more money in your business, but you can't get back time. And it's so important to get that balance. Definitely not. And I'm I'm all for project management systems. I mean, 
one of my clients uses Trello and I have kind of, you know, access to that. But I use Asana personally, but they're all kind of, you know, much for muchness. And then another one I tap into is Monday.com. You know, there's there's a few of them out there, aren't there? But they all kind of do similar things. But I've got, you know, I've got so many different projects on there. So I have a project for each client where I'll kind of put, right, week commencing 20th of March and I'll write down all the things. But the thing, all the tasks even, but the things I the thing I love about Asana is when, when you tick off your tasks, you get like a unicorn that flies across the screen. I'm like, yay! Yes. <laughs> it's the simple things. It is the simple things. But I've got kind of Carrigan family admin on there. I've got holiday admin if we've got a holiday coming up. You know, I literally, like you, put my life on there. I'm yet to kind of uh, persuade my husband to let me share a um, project with him to try and keep on top of his stuff, but he's not having it at the moment. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's so funny, isn't it? When you start using the software and getting into this world, you start wondering, like, how did I ever manage before? Like, actually, when I look at my desk, it was the scraps of paper and to-do lists that were just spread out all over the place getting lost. So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, I'm still a writer. I do like to write. I have like a little kind of magazine folder for each client that lives kind of they live on top of my bookshelf and I have like a little notepad with their net you know like almost like children's exercise book. yes yes as all the school skills are coming through <laughs> it's just habit and I write so this morning you know I've got one next to me now so I've written 23rd 23 and it'll just be notes about oh what I must update them about what I you know oh I must ask them about this and it's all very well having it on the project management system but when I come to, because I always send like an email summary of where I'm up to because I like a kind of trail and it's, you know, it's nice for both. The notes just help me write it. And then, you know, it's scrapped and onto the next page for the next day. So I, I am still a writer too. I can't get out of that habit completely. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I say to my, I talk to my clients about this all the time and say, I literally have about four notebooks on my desk and each notebook has a different, you know, purpose, different types of notes, different types of thoughts. But it's it's so true, like you say, there's when when you look at the kind of patterns and behaviours that help you to be successful, like in your own business, your online business, how much of that feeds back to like teaching as well and all the things that you do in your day-to-day teaching job? Everything, absolutely everything. And it's quite sad because lots of teachers, well, you know, lots of teachers want to get out of teaching at the moment. Lots of them feel like they can't because they haven't got any other skills, you know, outside of the classroom. But gosh, that's so not true. You know, every skill is transferable, you know, Um, it's just worded differently. Um, But I suppose, you know, it's having the confidence and somebody to guide you. Gosh, I'm making teaching sound all doom and gloom, aren't I? It's it's lovely being in the classroom. I love teaching the children, but yes, the admin that comes with it, I'm, I'm, yeah, too old for that now. It's only so long you can and put I up can't with it. outsource it because there's no budget. <laughs> no, exactly. We need a VA. You know, this... VA. <laughs> Good stuff. So I think also another maybe very interesting question. So I think people listening to this might be two trains of thought thinking, okay, maybe I, I need a VA. You know, what, what sort of support can I look for? And there might even be, because you know, lots of teachers listen to this podcast. Maybe people listening to this thinking, actually, this sounds like an amazing job for me. Like this is something I'd love to do. So can you tell us a little bit more about like, what do VAs do? Like what can they cover? What can they support people with? Wow. That's, that's a big a question. Long list. Yeah. So there are VAs for absolutely everything. And I mean everything. There are, it's it's almost like an umbrella title for 
hundreds of jobs. Bookkeepers, lots of bookkeepers are now calling themselves VAs, VA bookkeeper, you know, Um marketing, VA marketing, social media managers are now calling themselves VA, specialising in social media. So it's that really is a big question because you can find a VA for anything these days. Absolutely anything. I don't know whether it's just the in thing or what. I've no, you know, I've no idea. That's all that SEO keyword. Well, yeah, maybe, (laughs) maybe it is. But for me, I think the main things are email, diary management, general admin. Some people are, this is what I do and that's that's it. Sorry, no, can't help you if that's what you're if that's not what you're looking for. Whereas some will be, yeah, okay, yeah, tell me more about that. Oh, I think I'd enjoy that. I think I could do that with you and would learn alongside. That's yeah, big question. Just go on LinkedIn, type in VA and then your mind will be blown. (laughs) (laughs) Overwhelmed and inspired all at once, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. So I guess from that kind of list you just talked about there, like if somebody is in sort of hiring their first VA, what would you say are the kind of obvious things that people outsource straight away, like the kind of easy, quick wins that they can get with a virtual assistant? Definitely email and diary management. So that's your kind of your classic EA, so your classic executive assistant, personal assistant, assistant jobs. Another one I think that's quite popular is booking systems. So it can be, well, it could be anything from car garage to a beauty salon, you know, booking systems, managing that. Anything just kind of organisation wise within the business that could be taught to someone else or passed on to someone else, they seem to be the top things, um, invoicing and keeping track of payments, you know, just simply logging the payments, sending out invoices to clients. Contracts. So I've sent a lot of contracts out for clients that, you know, they're onboarding their own clients. And it's literally just a case of editing the contract. But they're at that point where it's like, oh, I haven't got time to do this. Or they're trying to do it so quickly that they'll make an error or something. And just to have someone be able to take that away and then kind of say to them, right, so-and-so and so-and-so have come back with a signed contract. We're still waiting for this person. Do you want me to chase? And, you know, just that kind of person there to support. And I know everybody's different. Some people like that kind of nudge and that chase and that, have you done this? Oh, I'm just reminding you about this. Whereas some just want to be left alone and want you to do that in the background. And that's fine. That's where VAs adapt to you know, who they're working with. I think this is one of the tricky things about starting an online business is social media. And this is going to lead us hopefully to talking about LinkedIn in a moment. But I think for lots of people, especially teachers, you know, I I work with lots of teachers who are either doing tutoring or actually lots of other different businesses. And, you know, when we're in schools, we're very much taught, you know, don't go on social media, don't share anything, don't have any presence at all. You know, so I think for lots of people, definitely speak to me, they sort of say like, they literally feel clueless about it. Like they haven't spent any time on there. It's such a fast evolving world as well. So I think lots of people I work with feel like they want to outsource social media. What are your thoughts on that? I see, I love social media. I absolutely love it. Myself personally, I've gone LinkedIn mad and I do need to kind of get the other platforms sorted. But at the moment, I've no need to because I'm getting my business from LinkedIn. You're right about the whole teacher thing. So, you know, I was always told, don't put your um, surname on Facebook. Make sure it's your first name and your middle name. And and 
Yeah, I think it kind of went a bit wild because as long as your privacy settings are okay, and my goodness, I've no idea what people thought that I got up to on there or, or, you know, put on there. But it's when you've kind of had that as a background, even being in the police or, you know, lots of public sector jobs, you that's what you will get told. It is very difficult. But the way I thought of it is, and was supported by connections I'd made on that was, well, what am I saying? Am I saying anything that is wrong? Am I saying anything that, you know, um, could get me into trouble? Well, no, <laughs> no, I, you know, I'm just sharing parts of my life, my journey with the business. So it is really, really hard to get out of that mindset, really hard. I joined a paid community, um, which is like just for LinkedIn. And that kind of helped me get started. And I felt like I had kind of accountability buddies as well to help with the journey. But outsourcing social media, as long as you've kind of got control over it. So if you maybe build up your online presence first to a certain degree, and then the person managing it for you can see how you you know, how you are online. So for instance, I'm doing, it's not something I kind of shout about, but I am doing someone's um, social media for them at the minute. Not shout about, but I've just told you on a podcast, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But with kind of, because that client has posted on LinkedIn for such a long time, I will just go back at their posts, uh, to their posts, sorry, from like a year ago. I've got no clue about the industry they're in, but the post tells me about it and I'll go, oh, that's quite a good one, but I'd lay it out like this. I'd word it like that. And I will just totally repurpose it, reword it. And then doing that, you know, it gives me content for like a month. It's me using their kind of knowledge and words, but in a different way, basically. So it doesn't have to be, oh my gosh, I'm going to outsource my social media. What are they going to say on it? And everything's approved as well. You know, I will always, even though I'm repurposing their words, I will always send an email with a document with, I don't know, six posts on it saying, thinking of scheduling these for you, are they all okay? And yes, usually it's, yeah, it's fine. You know, don't need to send me that. I always feel like I should check and it should be, you know, authorised. So it's very controlled and it's very kind of, you know, you you do authorise it. So it's not as maybe as scary as uh, some people think. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I, I, I really love what you just said there. And I think this is so true. And Also, something I really try and emphasize to people, I think, when they first get started online is like you can't outsource your social media when you're literally just getting started because there's no content for people to work from. You haven't kind of found your voice online yet. Like you, I think, as well yourself need to show up and like build your community and interact with your audience because otherwise you're never going to know who they are, you know, and, and, and what they're saying and what they want. But like equally, like you say, that investment of time and effort and energy in the beginning is then stuff that you can just repurpose over and over and over again, saving so much time as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, do you know what? It's hard work at first. I mean, I spent, so I launched the business September. So I probably didn't get my first lead on LinkedIn. I should look actually until maybe the January. I had one client that was word of mouth, but it was probably the January. I know exactly what it was. It's when I did my first video. So obviously that makes so many people go, oh, I'm not doing a video and posting it online. And do you know what? I was that person because, oh, I hate watching myself on video. I hate listening to my voice. You know, I think most of us do it. Well, maybe not you (laughs) with your podcast. Oh no, I never (laughs) listen back to myself. Don't worry. (laughs) But I did this video and 
it was almost, I can't even remember what the content was, but it it started off with like, oh, you know, hi, everybody. Oh, a bit tired this morning. Went to an Ed Sheeran concert last night. And there was something random I threw in there about um, being a VA and got to have a life as well. It, it was so random. And oh, I remember posting it and thinking, oh, I can't believe I've just put that online. And it went wild. And it was almost as if people were like, whoa, she's that's her. She's got a face. She's got a voice. And it's familiar out there for can't even say the word. You know the word I'm after. <laughs> but yeah, so it was that that kind of kicked it off. And then it gave me a bit of a kind of confidence boost. And I thought, oh, oh, okay, that works. Oh, I might try a carousel next. And, you know, it kind of got me into it. And, and it went from there. You know, all my leads since then have been LinkedIn or from the paid community that I'm part of, the whole, um, that is to do with LinkedIn anyway. So yeah, if, if, um, but that reminds me, I do need to start an email list because if LinkedIn died, I'd be, uh, <laughs> I would be stuffed. That's on my to-do oh, list. No. <laughs> I, I mean, I could, yeah, literally talk about this now for the next half an hour with you about why, why we all need email lists, why there's such an important asset in our business. <laughs> it's on, it's on Asana. <laughs> I just haven't clicked on oh, it. But do you know what though? The thing is, it's like, you know, you, you if if you're listening to this thinking, you know, you have got a big audience, but you don't necessarily have email lists and things yet, like it's never too late. And if anything, if you've got a big audience out there, now's the best time to start because that list will start growing so quickly. It's not like, you know, when I first started this, for example, coaching business and I was starting audience from nothing, email list from nothing, like it is a long slog in those early stages. But if you've at least got yourself established in one place, then those, like you say, layering on kind of new channels and new kind of like lists and ways of contacting people is going to be so much easier for you. Yeah, definitely. It is something I uh, need to do. But I think with, with working the two jobs at the moment, it's always one that gets put on the back burner, which really, really shouldn't, I suppose. So yes, I'll consider myself told. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Advised. <laughs> yes, advised. Good language change. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we're sort of coming towards the end now. So I wanted to ask you one last question. Do you have any sort of parting wisdom or words of advice for people who are thinking of or running their own online business? Mm-hmm. Wisdom, not sure about that. Um, to be honest, I think honest now, honestly, it will take over your life at the start. It will, absolutely will. But it will be worth it. It will be absolutely worth it. And, you know, these people that are out there saying, oh, yeah, look at me. I run my online business and I'm on a beach somewhere and I've outsourced it. It's like, okay, that's amazing. But it was never like that at the start. It could not have been. So it is hard work, but it's work that you're doing for yourself. You know, it's for nobody else but you. And presumably it's something that you're going to be passionate about. So keep going believe in yourself. If you do suffer with kind of low confidence, join a community that will kind of egg you on. Network in the LinkedIn DMs, you know, just get those buddies out there to help you on your journey. And yeah, get on social media and just put yourself out there. You've just got to go for it, but it won't happen overnight. There's my wisdom. I love that. I, I'm, I'm, you know, you can't see in the podcast, but I'm sat here like a nodding dog as you're as you're going through. 
<laughs> no, you, yeah, you are 100% right. Like you've got to be, you got to take this stuff with a pinch of salt when you see people, like you say, sat on the beach, kind of like living the quote unquote dream. But also as well, we never know always what's going on behind the scenes. And they are, most of these people, you know, there may be chapters ahead of where we are at the moment. And it's, you know, it's, it's inspiration. It's like you say, it's maybe not going to happen tomorrow, but if it's possible for them, it's 100% possible for you as well, if that's what you want in life. Absolutely. So when we do a podcast, you know, in two years time, I'll do it from the beach in Barbados. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I can dream. Oh dear. All right, Danielle. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I think it's been so helpful, so valuable. And I think, you know, like I say, so many business owners will benefit so much from that extra support that we've talked about. So can you let people know where they can find you if they want to reach out to you, please? Yes. So, well, I think I'm the only Danielle Carrigan on LinkedIn, to be honest. Um, so yeah, search my, what's my headline at the moment? Mrs. Hustle loves the admin jobs you hate. <laughs> which only people of a certain generation would uh, get the old Mr. Muscle uh, link there. Or there's uh, my website is hasn't launched yet because, again, that is on the to-do list. It's there. You know, it's ready. Or, and, you know, send an email. Danielle at spacetimeva.co.uk. That's me. I will also put the links to your profile in the show notes as well. And in the future, when the website is launched, we can also update the show notes as well. So there's a copy of it there. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Love Mondays Club podcast. Don't forget to review and subscribe or share this episode with one of your business friends. For more information and support from today's episode, head over to the show notes at lovemondaysclub.co.uk. Have a great week and I'll see you next Monday.